Cue the intro. <laughs> Cue the intro. Shut up and sit down. It's the Hanger Podcast. Talented people, talented people are capable of understanding us. It's the Hanger Podcast. This is a pretty large scale operation. Right. But it'll be dangerous. So what? That's never stopped us before. Right. But it'll be dangerous. be dangerous. Commence operation! We'll commence operations in seven minutes. Procedure R2. Autobots roll out. Autobots. I can't do it. Decepticons mobilize. <laughs> Decepticons. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like that little, like, weird, like, vulture one that they had in yeah. the movie where... Decepticons! I'm trying to do Starscream. Megatron! You are always such a little scumbag! <laughs> That's pretty good. I have to agree. Hidden talent. Autobots. Oh, man. That guy gets... That guy's been doing... The same dude's been doing the voice forever, dude. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is he does, like, the combat voiceovers, too. Yeah. So, at one second, he's just like, it's your responsibility to save Earth. And the next second, he's, like, getting hit, and he's like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) No! No! (laughs) Sam. Sam, help me. (laughs) I'm hurt. I love that at some point they had him. Did you watch the original cartoons? A uh, long time ago, yeah. Okay, I did not. At any point did he actually? I did not. The, did he? I did not either. I did not. <laughs> did he have the um, the semi trailer that was like a totally ridiculous like extra little apparatus so that he could have a sword and shield? Mm-hmm. He did have that in the cartoon. Yeah, he had like a tractor. He was a tractor trailer, but it was a different truck. It wasn't like a Freightliner. It was like some flat nose Mack truck mm. over over under truck or something like that or cab over it's called a cab over and it's oh. got the flat front that's a yeah. mac that's a mac design like the, joy the, like joyride yeah the new one is the freight no, it's like a it's is. like a freight liner yeah i know what you're talking about he joy- looks in in the movies he looks a little more like stallone's over the top mm-hmm. and then in those he looks more like kind of not that cool no like a japanese semi or something yeah yeah I agree. Transformers. I grew up... I really liked the Transformers. That and G.I. Joe were legit. Every time I think of the actual Transformers cartoon, I think about uh, Near and Dear to Our Hearts. Uh, Natalie Portman watching it in The Professional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's Voltron. Transformers. I'm not sure what she was watching, actually. More than meets the What about Voltron? Oh, yeah. I was saying... Oh, Voltron was legit, too. Oh. I'm not sure. Transformers. Robots in disguise. Or like when they, there was like one episode where they couldn't transform or something like that. Or if they get hurt, they can't transform. I can't transform. Um, I, I like, uh, what's the other one? Um, remember 
It was like the the Thundercats. Oh yeah, Thundercats were awesome. Thundercats were like in the same era. Remember when Reliant K covered the theme song? Thundercats. Whoa. I don't remember that. Okay. Reliant K, they're pretty <clears throat> cool. Um, what was the one where it was like they could transform and stuff like that, but they turned into animals? Animorphs. Animorphs. Yeah. Mm. And they had like Rat Trap, who was like a massive pessimist. Or whatever his name was. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, we're all going to die. Like, all the time. <laughs> we're going to die. Like, and then Optimus Prime was some kind of monkey prime. Yeah. He's a gorilla. Oh, you're talking about the jungle one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the big old gorilla transformer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still still talking transformers here? He was Monkey Cheeks Prime. That uh, was his name. <laughs> remember, oh, I Brown remember. Brown Monkey Prime. I just remember <laughs> there was the transformers. Then there was, like... The construction type transformers, like they were, const- or that was the Decepticons, I think. They were Who is this guy? Destructicons. I'm a cement mixer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm so evil. <laughs> I break all of OSHA guidelines. <laughs> 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 what are you? <laughs> I'm a disgruntled crane operator. <laughs> And I don't have any permits. Let's fight. No. <laughs> Let's fight. No permits. <laughs> what? You be, you dare to <laughs> you dare to arbitrate the grounds of OSHA dash nine one seven eight? Not in my Statute city. Statute number four. <laughs> Not in my city or jurisdiction. No. Yo, I live to fail code. <laughs> That's funny. Dude. Damn Decepticons. Freaking not following OSHA guidelines. Stop that rogue trash compactor. Have you had your eight-hour refresher course? Stop that Decepticon. (laughs) Did you travel to Nebraska to be at the week-long convention for... (laughs) Freaking... (laughs) <laughs> Unstable gas. Do you have all of your certs? Do you have all of your certs? That guy on that bucket truck is not harnessed in. Stop him! Stop! <laughs> He's not using a, 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 a correct ladder. Bring him down from this place. I, I transform into a white helmet. Yes. A good safety helmet. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's great to have everybody back. Yes. We're all back in one spot. Yes! We missed you last time, Kurt. Yeah, Kurt. We talked about you. We talked about you, but you weren't here. Typical. All good. It was all good. All good things. Well, we 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 stayed (laughs) we stayed about we stayed away from the topics that we knew that you could expound further on. So. Yeah, yeah. So, but um. But yeah. Anywho. So, I figure since we all saw Joker, Joker, we could just throw in a little movie review, and. uh, we could recap on the Battle of Bands, maybe. Oh yeah! Damn. Now that we're all here, yes, we can, we. That's what we saved. That's, that's what we, what did. we were going to talk we, about. We talked about the, the Willie gig, which we wished you were here too. I mean, we can still. Yeah, you know, we can talk about whatever. But dude, the last podcast I did was pre Big Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Well, we did the one on the road, but that one there's so much road noise I couldn't use it. Oh man, that was weird. I couldn't use it. Yeah. Dang it! That was fun though. We talked about like weird horror movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's for us. That one's for us. Um, hey, real quick, who am I? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Rogan? Yeah. Oh. Um, anyway. Talking talk to the mic. 
Talking to the mic, bro. Talking to the mic. Mm. No, so, uh, yeah, I mean, so we want to hit... Uh, Battle of the Bands, man. Yeah, let's talk about that. Before we get started, though, I'd like to get my beer, if that's cool. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm almost dry as well. Oh, yes, of course. Thanks, Ray, pal. would you like your coffee? Um, not yet. Okay. Ray had coffee? He bought, uh, I, I didn't a, get a new coffee. <laughs> I bought. When the hell I did bought, we get ice cream? Yeah. I bought myself a can of the finest stump, stump town nitro cold brew. Mm, that's dumb. Five dollars a can. Stumpton? You sound S- ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> it's Stumpton. Stumpton. Yeah. Okay. Idiot. Oh, for all you coffee lovers out there, uh, La Croix. Please, if you guys, what is your favorite? form of nitro cold brew oh mine personally is right now uh because we have nitro cold brew uh from bucks which is good but uh but you know i like Stumptown nitro cold brew because if not on par thank you sir you know um, but yeah, Stumptown. That's what I'm digging on right now. So I Actually, left. Uh, I left the Sirens Watch uh, before you guys started the Nitro sh- uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes inconsistent. Like sometimes I'll get it and it'll just be like rolling up the walls of that little plastic cup and it'll just have some delicious thick head on it. It'll yeah. just be. It's good. And then other times I get it and it's just black and there's They're like flat. half a centimeter on it of head yeah. and it just tastes like. That's, yeah, I think that's because either you, I think it's because you're getting to the bottom of the barrel or like, oh. you're like, you're getting, you're not getting all the nitrogen bubbles in it. Other thing I didn't know. It's like, it's like soda. It goes Dude, flat. it's kind of expensive. Yeah. Not dude, to be that, like a jerk, but I mean, like, I remember I used well, to do, get my discount, but it's 507 for a grande, dude. Yeah. That's how That's how much I paid for that can of Stumptown, what dude. What are you guys talking about? The Nitro cost of cold brew? From, yeah. Nitro from Starbucks, it's $5 for a grande. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank That's you. That's what I'm saying. $5 is not bad for Stumptown because Stumptown, I feel, is like rivals it. I'm a coffee. I love coffee. So, you know, for all you haters out there, you're like, oh, Starbucks is good. Yeah. You know what? You drink the coffee that you like. I drink the coffee that I like. It'd be crazy if they made a Nitro sippy lid that would stay on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a concept. Dang. <laughs> yeah, the lids are janky. Okay, but you know what? Yeah. That's how you stay a multi-billion dollar company is you have people to cheaply outsource your uh, paper yeah. products yes, or whatever. Yes, 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 But that's another conversation. Anyways. It changed when the big man left and everyone knows it. Yep. For me, Stumptown. Oh, uh, Schultz? Mm. Schultz, correct. He who shall not be named. Stumptown for me is winning right now so far. Dude, I've heard great things. Um, I had a Super bag good. of their coffee, which was called... Um, was it Hairbender or it was called a, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a chocolate citrus coffee bean. Dude, great black. Ooh. It was great black. Did you, do you want me to get you a smaller pillow? Um, no, it's okay. When my rump gets a little sore, I'll, I'll throw the pillow on. Okay. That sounds weird. <laughs> I would bring that big oh, throne over here, unusual. but it's yeah. such a pain to get over here. It's not worth it. That's a demissioning return right there. Um, demissioning return. Demissioning. Yeah. You know. Um, you know how it be. Oh, nice pour. Thanks, man. Nice head. Good pour skills. Uh, Should be a bartender. You'd make more money. I could. I could <laughs> be a. I could be a beer tender. Maybe not a bartender. Yeah. There yeah, dude. I could serve a beer like all day. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. 
I could drink it too. <laughs> That's like, damn, dude. Probably get fired though. Oh no, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> where's Tyler. all the Where's all the IPA? Hey, I don't know. Yeah, do we t- <laughs> did we talk about Mike? Um, last podcast when I wasn't here. Uh, not directly. We just talked about the gig. Tyler. Oh God. We just talked about everything we learned. Do we use our names in this podcast? I don't. I yes, mean, we do. Or don't. First names. I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. <clears throat> but. <laughs> if it, okay, so <laughs> any anyone that that is just listening to this, we us three, meaning me, Ray, mm-hmm. Kurt, mm-hmm. we won the Yuma Battle of the Bands, the local Battle of the Bands. Uh, Yay! Like the generic, the generic one that people like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From like a uh, garage band. <laughs> I know. I need to. I need to get a thing that I can program effects into. I can just hit all the, the button. All the kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, like yeah, like Howard Stern. Just hit all the okay. weird. Okay. Speaking of, we'll talk about the bands first. We'll talk about Stern later. I'm just saying. I watched that Trump documentary, and it boggled my mind that on the Trump documentary on Netflix. <clears throat> Uh, they have a Howie Stern interview in, on there, and it's like Howie talking about like the intimate life of Trump and Melania. And Trump and Melania took the phone call in bed, and it's like totally, totally like raw. I was just like, whoa! And this guy is leading the nation. And it was just like, it was like Howie's like, oh, do you guys do it like every night? Do you guys do it right now? And he's like, and he's like, what are you wearing? And Melania is answering all his questions like on national radio. I'm like, what the hell? And the, now they're in the White House. This was in what year? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But I was just I like, knew they, weren't they pretty tight? Uh, no clue. I have no clue. I think I think I think Howard Stern and and because they're both from New York, right? And everyone in New York knows each other. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they they were tight at one point. If hmm. not, I don't know. Hmm. But anyways, um, yeah. So we won five grand, five G's. Shaka bra. Shaka. Yay! We won. Yeah, we won the five G's and. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. It was a uh, for me. It was surprising. It was surprising. Not not that not surprising in the sense that I didn't think we could do it. It was just uh, surprising on what we were able to come up with in the short amount of time that we did, and that we pulled the W out of it. And I mean, in a good way. Probably one of my favorite live performances of that I can remember. I think it was my favorite. Mm. Why do you say that? Um. Just because our live sound was probably the best live sound I've been a part of. Uh-huh. Like, we just sounded... Listen, gang, I know you weren't there. You'll never be there. You'll never be in that room that we were in at that moment in time. But I'm just telling you, it was so effervescent, so evanescent, so beautiful. It was just all of us just cranked up and wiling. <laughs> it was electric. Anyways, you could, you could... Oh, God, you could taste it in the air. It was fantastic. No monitors, too. I think the... God. I think the uh, the anticipation definitely heightens a lot of that stuff too. Oh, and the crowd was wild too. Dude, the crowd was wild. But the crowd the was energy wild, was just... there. Everything, everything. It was so weird because, uh, it's we basically put all this together within a matter of three weeks, basically. Which, you know, we could have. I felt like, man, probably needed a little. We probably there have been other performances that we prepared for that took a lot longer than that, mm-hmm. and you would have thought. Man, there would have been a little rough edges here three weeks out. But honestly, 
we practiced very diligently. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week we had about an hour or two, or two, about a little, little more than an hour or two of practice each. Each time that we got together, we would have small writing sessions here and there. We mm-hmm. would be in constant communication with each other, you know, uh, and we had some ideas going around. And, and when we first started, we didn't, I didn't really see like this coming together as good as it did. And, it, and honestly, mm-hmm. uh, the, the final product ended up being better than my expectation. And we ended up knocking it out of the park with our live performance. And, uh, we had, uh, a couple nights where we could go there and do a couple run throughs just to make sure that the sound techs were prepared for the, all the bands because they were having us do like a little stage plot and whatnot to make sure that all of our uh, monitor mixes were fixed. That was a bit chaotic though. Yeah. And it was, it was, I mean, mind you, it's a small city, small town. Um, and it was funny because there were some comments being made. Like while we were doing it, just betwixt bandmates, and I won't point any fingers, but people were saying things like, "Ultimately, this probably won't matter. Like this, this stage prep probably won't matter." And when we got down into the heat of the moment, damn straight, it did not count a cent, dude. It was like they just dropped us in with no prep whatsoever. Like the stage mix was totally off. It was like we never went prepared. Yeah, I mean, uh. To give credit to the guys that were there, uh, that were part of the organization that was running the event, they did their best with what they had. They were Um, nice guys. Super cool guys. Super, super accommodating. Um, And I mean... I don't think they were really prepared. Honestly... Like, they weren't prepared for the... the, uh, the, the, Like, the flow and the amount of... I don't know. Maybe they're trying something new. Because... They pretty much did the same thing in the same spot the year prior. Yes, and in, uh, but there was a new director at that time. There was a new, oh, the- new person in charge. That person was replaced by, um, well, I don't want to, I just kind of want to keep it. Yeah, uh, for privacy it, reasons, but, yeah. I'm going to keep the guy's name out of it. But basically, the new director of this whole event uh, had to come up with something new off the cuff because that person basically oh, that's right. had the responsibility of the event about a couple of months out. And then they decided, Hey, we're not going to use that person. So that this was kind of dropped in the lap of this person. I'm honestly really interested to see just like how being so successful off of our first performances of original music is going to affect Ray. Because I honestly see you becoming like a John Mayer, like getting Grammys off of rooms for squares and then all of a sudden you're just like pulling down starlets left and right and wearing like big old cargo pants and stuff. And like <laughs> Why do you say walking that? Out of interviews and whatnot. <laughs> Why do you say that? You're already a little starlet, dude. Like you're already a star. It's I, crazy. We did one performance and pulled down five grand and I'm worried. I don't even know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I don't even know. I just, there's, I don't want it to sound like on this podcast that, cause I mean, we're all really excited and we've already debriefed about it a bunch of the time. It's not like we have like the total Midas touch, but we are all so fortunate and so happy that when we started jamming, it was like chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. It just like worked out and it was just so validating that we got to do this battle of the bands. And that's the whole point of playing music, especially in a group, because you can't really get it playing by yourself. Mm-hmm. Is just like, it's just the stokedness of just getting hyped off of like improving and something exciting happening, you know, something magic, you know what I mean? And it really, it, we bottled lightning dude. And that performance was nuts. And a specific instance in which we did that 
we have to talk about the goof on the medley, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. For that sure. was a that was the best mistake that ever. Was jazz. And dude. what what's crazy is that it could have went for any other band. It could have went completely train wreck, terrible. Yep. Like we could have derailed the train right then and there. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. Tyler just was like, "I'm going." Somebody follow me. Tyler took the reins and just went. And I was like, we were all, we all just kind of linked in. I was like, oh, shoot. And this, and it goes back to that preparedness. Like I said, like three weeks out, we kind of knew that we had to concentrate our practices and they had to be quality practices. Um, And I also think we kind of got the flow of our practices too within this time too is like, we understood, okay, we don't have a lot of time, so we have to, like make the best of the time. So, and I think that's why we work so well together is that we understand that, Hey, uh, if we're going to make this thing happen, we got to be like, okay, here's the idea. This is what we need to do with it. Mm-hmm. Let's hash it out. Yeah. We didn't spend a whole lot of time. Like, yeah, we weren't like wasting our time being like, yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Or, oh yeah. And you also know, a quick nitpicking. pro tip, a quick pro tip for all you musicians coming out there and you budding musicians. Um, something that has always been useful to me in playing in a band mix and a lot of the times when I play by myself as well because sometimes I'll go off and do solo gigs and whatever and whatnot if you're playing through a song and a minor mistake happens when you're practicing and you're trying to do a full run through finish the song just keep going and finish the song because Mm -hmm. there's nothing that can prepare you for live failure other than just having to finish it because if you're live and you make a mistake and you stop yeah that's you can't you have to keep going. So in practice, if you make a mistake, be graceful, shrug it off. You know what I mean? I've seen keep the Keep going I've and then s- yeah. talk about it afterwards as a band. And that's what we always do. And then we'll stop. And at the end, we'll go, hey, by the way, were we supposed to do that little pre-chorus riff four times or five times? Yeah. Before the chorus on Broadway? Yeah. But yeah. We, always, we always finish it. Like, yes. like, that's the good thing about it. Like, I have always appreciated that, too. And then, and then someone will be like, because obviously we feel it you feel it because yes. you practice the material you practice the source material so much that you, you you know like where parts are supposed to be you know and then i'll go yeah man i mess i like played an extra measure or whatever you know what we should do is we should uh we should just we should play it and then we can just go through it yeah real quick and mm-hmm. we can kind of touch on any everything yeah. so what we're gonna do is i'll have the video linked into the uh the the graphic that is looping here so and then we'll just kind of critique it as we go. I think I think it's still on YouTube. Let me see. Let me see. Some guy at Juliana's tonight asked me if I had. Uh, he's like, "Do you have any demos? Do you have any recordings, Apple Music or Spotify or anything like that?" And I was like, "No, but I will soon. Take my card. My Instagram's on it. I was like, my band's gonna go cut in a month." And he was like, "Dude, I can't wait." Oh, nice. I was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> That's cool. We got a little THP promo right there. <laughs> plug, plug. Okay, here we go. We'll TH Pizzle. We'll just do the... Oh. Uh, Can you prove that, cabron? <laughs> I think this one's okay. I apologize if it's loud. Let me turn it down. I'm going to cut some stuff out of it. <laughs> Let me... Hold on. Quick time. My dog would do Sparky. that. Sparky. I'd be like, sleep- get away. I'd be like sleeping, taking like a day nap, yes. and then my dogs. And then they go. 
Oh God! Like, leave me alone, you freaking pervert! Like, quit looking at my face, you Beethoven. weirdo. Beethoven. Yeah. Like, I'm hungry. Feed me. Why are you sleeping? It's the middle of the day. Oh, because God. I'm not at work. I want to sleep. Leave me alone. I'll feed you in an hour. Jeez. Dude, Tyler. Hmm. When Dude. I got home last night, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't find the dog. Uh oh. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Mind you, what time was it? Like the evil hours. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the like weird hour. clicking on the side of the house. The witching hour. I walked up, and this is this is an old dog, folks. He's damn old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he was like pushing on the doggy door, trying to get it open. Aww. And I was like, oh, how long has he been out there, dude? <laughs> I'm hoping that he walked outside right before I got home, because I oh, opened the door God. and he just like looked up at me, and walked in and was like, oh my God. And then we just laid together. It was okay. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. He's like, I've been trying to get inside this house forever. <laughs> so I think this is <gasps> the iPhone one, which has the better audio, but I think some of it's cut out in certain songs. So, I mean, I just have to deal with it. Uh, but let me see. Check. 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 Whatever. Check. Huh? Check. Check. Whatever. <laughs> oh, no. What did I say? Whatever, or did you say? Check, 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 check. Whatever. So I'll just kind of pause it as we go. Yeah. The whole thing at the beginning was, uh, uh, what was it that your monitor was screwed? So we had gone through and prepared these (sighs) monitors for a long time and then it ended up not working out. And then they're like, Hey, check your monitor to make sure that you're going to have your vocal in your monitor. Yeah. Cause I was the only drummer that was singing that night. Yeah. And so I went check, check. Nope. Sure. Sure as hell, dude. No vocal in the monitor. I'm like looking at the sound guy. Like staring into the depths of his soul and nothing, dude. I'm like, all right, that's all right. You did the good, you did the right thing by just starting it, and just yeah, going for it. I probably it. shouldn't have said whatever, but a bunch of people said it was funny after, so I'm like, okay, you couldn't tell. I was pissed. And then also, yeah, let us preface this by saying that the building is more than a hundred years old. Yes, the power is really don't, shoddy here. Don't cut the mic. There you go. That's better. The power uh, is really shoddy here. Mm-hmm. Hundred three year old building, and it cooked like. Three of the monitors that we had before this. Yes, dude. Oh, yeah. Like 10 minutes <laughs> yes. before the, ten minutes before, oh, the doors opened to the venue, they cooked like three, three, monitors. three monitors. Like literally smoking on fire. And I'm not sure when they got these monitors. They're they're like... They're old. They're looking like... They're, they're like early 80s EV Early 80s monitors. EV monitors. Like spray painted EV. Those things are heavy too. You ever had to lift those? They're no joke. They're, they're no heavy. Joke. So they I have a big ha- magnet in them, which means that they're supposed to be able to handle a lot of power. I doubt anybody has ever played in this building that's ever maxed those things out. But shoddy power will destroy. Well, I think the 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 amp they were using was like was yeah, yeah. bad. They weren't, the amp, they weren't powered speakers. So basically, yeah. we didn't have monitors. And I always joke with Tyler. It's like, hey, man, 
Every time that we've had a show that we didn't have good monitor mixes, we've always done really well. And this is a uh, case in point, one of the be- better performances that we've ever had. <laughs> I would not want to. Um, all right, so keep going. Uh, this is the first original called Restless, also for listeners. song review yeah first song review okay there's all kinds of things in live performances and that's why people that's why people put out live records man is it's it's not to hear the crowd noise it's because when you're in a live performance stuff happens differently Mm -hmm. some of it is happy little bob ross mistakes and some of it is um just pure magic that you wish you would have done on the first cut you know what I mean? Mm. So, for instance, in, you know, the tempo was a little fast on that song. Okay, whatever. The mic stand kept falling down while I was playing. I don't know if you guys ran into any headaches as well. There's a couple of things. Maybe a missed note or two. You know what I mean? Things like that are like, eh. 
the energy was so damn electric, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's little happy stuff, and I'm sure you guys will have some examples right now too. But for me, I'm on like a little riser, like a drum riser, and I keep a tambo like locked onto my onto my crash cymbal stand, mm-hmm. and so that it's independent from my hi hat. Because I don't like having a jangle on my hi-hat. I like to be able to run my hats with my left foot without mm-hmm. hearing a jangle on every song. Yeah. Well, because it was like a floating platform, every time I stomped on with my left foot, because I was all hyped up, you could hear the jangle of the hi-hat. Oh. Or you could hear the jangle of the tambo. freaking tambo. Yeah. And it was kind of getting picked up also in my vocal. Uh-huh. And in that song, it sounds good. So mm-hmm. when we go cut these in the studio in a couple weeks, I think I'm going to run like either a ching ring or a tambourine on my hi hat oh, because yeah. it just it just added some secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's things you can't predict. A little I mean, extra layering. Yes, dude. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, and of course, when you leave when you leave gaps in your in your solos and stuff like that, your little improv sections, Tyler, I think you'll agree with this. Is like sometimes when you play with people long enough, which that's the beauty of THP is that the three of us have been playing in bars like for so long that when we go to do original music, we kind of know each other Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, it's kind of like an unspoken current that we're all riding that when someone is improving, improvising on a solo, you may not be able to predict consciously what they're going to do, but subconsciously you'll improvise and sometimes you'll hit something at the same exact time. It's just like, that's money, dude. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I think that, that happened all that happens. That happens a, a good time on, on, on the second song. I yeah. would, uh, yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. that was something that happened right away, and I'll point it out when it happens. I think you probably guys already know which parts we're talking about, but mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, no the first uh, the first ones that first that first song came together pretty freaking fast actually. When we put that it one was together, one night. it came yeah, and it it came together really freaking fast. And people are always like, oh, all the best songs are written in like five minutes. Like I want you to want me was written in two seconds, and you know it's like it's a five minute song that was written in thirty seconds or yeah. whatever, you know. And you're like, oh man, I, I feel wish like- I could do that. It took me three years to write one song, and then you get together with the right band, and it just happens, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember during this song, um, the first I was one. still yeah. I was still trying to get my nerves calm, settled, so I didn't like over. I was trying to get my nerves down because I felt like uh, we were kind of rushed. Load in, kind of because we we were doing the festival. uh, We were doing the festival approach to setting up our stage plots, so we only had a limited amount of time before we had to start our our set. So each band had like five, ten, maybe a little more than five minutes to set up their plot. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of rushing to get all the kit parts, trying to get all the amps set up. And I was just like trying to tell myself in the back of my head, Hey man, don't because we had a, we had a practice the, the night before and we were rushed before. And I, I didn't think that that was the right way to go about it. But, but you know, that's how these things go. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be the way that you plan it, but it worked out in the end, but uh, but yeah, like uh, like Kurt was saying, the the tempo was a little rushed just because I think we were all just really, even if we it were w- really, we were really just excited to play, and uh, mm-hmm. it actually it still sounded good. Yeah, even though it was a little slightly rushed and it wasn't in, so in the pocket, it's still it's still jammed. Yeah, it's still good. That one, I would actually, I don't know if you would agree, Kurt, because I mean, you're obviously the ultimate timekeeper, 
but the uh, that song if it's gonna change tempo wise i am the key master it's probably the gatekeeper it's probably better if it's a little faster than a little slow than more slower yeah like if it was too slow as opposed to yeah faster not too fast, not like, dun, 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 you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But like yeah. slightly pushed rather than like dragging. Because that, that song could drag. If I it, feel like that performed. I agree. Which we, I, we started it right. But the thing is too, is like, as I mentioned, like if they can see the video, right? Mm-hmm. They will. You can see a little bit. The mic is like falling and stuff. And okay. So what separates the boys from the men or the women from the, from the girls or whatever Dude, so much of it is mental. Like, so much is just mental stability mm. in being, like, a consummate pro musician, dude. Like, I don't care how solid you can have it. You could sound like Eric Johnson in the bedroom, dude. But when you show up on the day of the show, if some weird variables start hitting you, man, and you can't contain, mm. and you can't produce, you know, it's like, dude, that's I, where it counts, man. I feel, Yeah, I feel like that. that- I got rattled. I got rattled big time on this show, mm. you know? Um, our finished product ended up being enough. Yeah. You know, and it was electric, but, um, at least for us, I mean, be, if I, I understand that people are underwhelmed by the video, but it's like, if you were there, dude, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm. I mean, but, um, yeah, so that, that sometimes tends to, you know, you rush because you have all these things going on. And as Ray said, when we load it in, it's like you get all your stuff set up and you're like, oh, oh, and they're like, okay, mm. you gotta go, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. After that first song, though, I was good. Yeah, like, yeah. I got the, you got in the gr- in the groove. I got into like feeling like comfortable and not really worrying about mm. that song. I couldn't. I wasn't. I was having fun, but I I was really focused too at the same time, mm. and I was trying to play everything with precision, and and then I then like halfway through the song, I I started realizing, okay, I need to get. I need to start like, I need to start like, like uh, connecting with the crowd. So it's like, like that second verse feeling, like once you settle into yeah. The song. So the first, the first, <laughs> the first verse, I was like, I was like, oh, like still, I was still reeling from like, oh crap, I got all my knobs the right because like mm-hmm. my pedal board was all janky from when it was in the case, yeah. and I guess some of the knobs yeah. got knocked. Thank oh God. really? Yeah. So oh yeah. We're competing, so we're so all like, like angsty. It's like middle school. I had to like jump. <laughs> I had to, I had to jump down and like screw with the knobs real fast, and then like I was like, okay, whew. nothing's like overbearing. Right. That was my biggest thing. I was like, if everything's at twelve o'clock, that's fine. Because mm. for the settings that I need, I don't really need to crank it. Mm. The bass amp is doing all the work. But anyways, I was normally I'll throw extra notes here and there but for this for this first song i was just like all right don't do anything crazy just stick to the foundational stuff Mm -hmm. and then once you get to the second song by the time the second song comes around you're gonna get your nerves settled and you'll be good right but for the first song i was just kind of i was kind of like uh i was kind of treading like lightly Mm -hmm. and then i then i got into like the second verse and i was like all right i need to start like making like i need to start performing for the crowd basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so all right so on to the second song well, t- i mean how did what? you feel about the first song oh um i thought it was i mean uh in the moment i mean obviously i was dealing with nerves also just from i just don't like being rushed 
Mm-hmm. We were rushed big time. And that's no, a, not mentioning any names. That's <laughs> that's a personal. I mean, that's a personal yeah. battle that I, I I fight myself, and I've been in that situation a number of times, and I should probably deal with it better than I do. But if I'm like, if I I guess it's if I really care about something that I'm doing, and then I feel like it's being compromised by some sort of external source that I can't control. Yes. Because I've put so much like because I've put so much of myself into it, I, 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 I like it's un it's unnerving a little bit to me, and then I kind of like yeah. and then I have to like reel myself in and be like, all right, like one thing I learned about this whole thing is that I've been a lot more conscious of my tempos if I'm starting a song, because Ray was always telling me, hey, just make sure you don't start too fa- like just always be thinking about like okay and then like take out and then i was like okay i just need to take a step back okay so question <clears throat> a learning question mm-hmm. when you think about the tempo of the song are you thinking about the intro when you start it in the tempo that that's at or well sometimes not, not, when i start a song i'll think about the sweet spot of the song when it really hits a groove right and i'll think how fast is that and that's how fast i started right well i wasn't mainly talking about this song because you start i don't start this song i was right. yeah, yeah, th- yeah more talking about songs that i start like this one this next one right and that part's cut unfortunately from the video but... right i know and i think uh, yeah i have well, another you do, you do the third one too yes yeah. yeah and luckily i have the light on on my on my delay that is a good visual indicator of like certain tempos but i didn't have that to rely on for the other songs but that's okay um but that i guess my biggest takeaway from the from the first one was uh was crowd interaction and uh and just like yeah dealing with the nerves from being rushed i just man i just ugh. it you always for me and i think other people could relate to this you always have this like as a musician, you always have this like grandiose or, or this uh, vision of what the show's going to be like. And then nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, when you get there, it's not like that. Yeah. Or you think it's going to go, okay, like we're, we got, like it's going to go this way because XYZ is already established. Mm-hmm. And then something else happens and it, it doesn't ever pan out hardly. Sometimes it does. Sometimes yeah. it does. If you have a good crew, like if you got, uh, like if everybody else is, is good, like, uh, like you got a good sound crew or, or the venues like prepared for these sorts of things. The, tri- and, the tribute gig was awesome because we had actual pros running yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah, and like they've done tons of festivals and stuff. Right. I mean, but this uh, is. I could write a book on how helpful that is, dude. <laughs> My God. Yeah. All right. So next mm-hmm. song, we'll do the second song. We got cut short there. Sounds really good through that AC fifteen.
honestly, I think that's my favorite song. Oh, man. It's, it's so good. funny to me because we get so much praise for... The, okay, I don't mean to say we get so much praise. Well, we get we, more we response get, from Restless. Relatively, we get more response from Restless. Yeah. But that's... That's the that's the story of the artist, dude. It's like all these times people are. It's like every time John Mayer's talking, he's like, you know, I really wish that this song would have been huge, but this song ended up being huge, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like that one. I feel like well, I feel like all the songs are great, but uh, I just feel like this one had like a lot of thought put into like the the musical part of it, you know, mm-hmm. dude, and the lyrics too. But I mean. It's nice that I can hear it really well in the mix right now, but in the bridge, the arrangement. Oh, oh yeah. yes, <laughs> I like that too. Yeah, there's a lot of cool parts. There's a cool musical moments in that yes. song. Yes, that song's full of musical moments, which I love. I yeah. love music, cool like musical moments, like yeah, like where the sonics just hit you just right, and it's like a or it's like a break, a certain break or something, or what? That freaking dog. Oh. It's a dog. Oh, God I was like, what? Lord. I was like, is that is that a woman? Like, what? Is no. Um, um, Cujo lives next door. In case you guys didn't know, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like Chopper from Stand by Me. Yeah. Sick balls, Chopper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that song does have a lot of musical moments in it. Mm-hmm. Like, and dynamically, I feel like that song's a great song dynamically for us mm-hmm. because yeah. it starts low key, but then it builds. Each time it, it builds, like it the, builds more the and more. first thing, it's nice, and then you think it's going to do something, but then it, and it goes back into the second verse, and then it builds and builds. The crescendo is yeah. is, 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 is when we hit the part, is when I hit I do this, the freaking Nigel Hendroff. And yeah. then that's like the crescendo. That's like its biggest... Yeah. Just and because you're going yeah. crazy right yeah. there, <laughs> you know what it is. Yeah, which mind you, that song hits me in the feels. You see, yes, yeah. It was just it feels so good to play. The and, and when everyone's going, when I go woo on the mic and then in the house, which it's hard to pick up, you know, this is iPhone vid, whatever the hell. I go woo. Everyone in the crowd was like yeah. Because he's going down, 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 and it was just like, oh yeah, that solo, dude, is it <laughs> felt so good on stage. Dude. That droning B or whatever it was, yeah. Which when you go and see Kings of Leon, okay, it's it's probably not the best of, unless you went to, you know, there's a few times where I've seen songs, I've seen them a couple times, and you're like. That is the best I've ever heard that song. Mm-hmm. But sometimes for them, they're probably at the end of the night, they're like, yeah, eh, you know, blah, blah, blah. This didn't go right. That didn't go right. Most of the time when you're playing live, it's not the best version you've ever played of that song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're, I, I, I feel that way when I watch this performance. I'm like, oh, we've done this better. We've done that better. But it's the magic of every performance. It's like you got to take like a Grateful Dead mentality towards it. It's like everything has something unique to offer in mm-hmm. each one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay, so that song was called Broadway. Uh, I like I like I like your uh, your your chorus melody. I like the chorus melody the, for the, the vocals. That worked out. We we just tried to keep it simple because we had a couple of different. You know, when I was first trying, we would play the song and I would sing it different like every time mm-hmm. to see what melody to works. Mm-hmm. And the final product we ended up going with was just the skeleton from all mm-hmm. those renditions. You know, because you try that. 
kind of yeah. Utada Hikaru thing. <laughs> Keep it simple, any, dude. Do you have any Kingdom Hearts fans out there? Yeah. But anyway, you know the, mm. my sanctuary. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. So <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but, you, you know, you do whatever with all the different runs and stuff like that. And then you, you go to do the, you know, most of the time less is more. But you have to you have to push it. You have to try and see what works and what doesn't work. And in our case, we ended up sticking with the skeleton. And yeah, I'm proud of that. Yeah, this song evolved over time. Every time that we got together to play the song, we kept adding little bits, you know. Mm. And I remember um, I was like, "Hey, Tyler, that can you like when we do the stop? Can you like do a pull?" <laughs> I was like, "Can you do one of those sick Dime little? Rest can in you peace, do Dime one bag. of those little sick bands that you do like that?" Like, oh, dude, I freaking love it when Tyler does that stuff. Get your pool. <laughs> I was like so stoked when he did that. I was just like, oh man, the solo got me. It's one. It's like one of my favorite solos, but it's really nice because he's not really shredding or anything. But there's just a lot of emotion behind the notes, you know. I do feel it ever. Like that's and one that of those tone when you hit the boost. You're because you're like gone, and the notes are already ringing. Yeah. And we go, it's like gone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I actually, I, I, that's one of those things where like, there's yeah, you know, playing covers, especially there's certain songs where it's like, you know, you get into that feeling on certain like bits or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes you don't just cause it's like, Oh, played the you song know, a million times yeah, or whatever. But this one, I mean, every time we played it, like I, f- I feel that bit every time, mm-hmm. every time. And it, maybe it's like one of those things where it's cause it's like something we wrote and it's like that. Yeah. It's way different. And that's another thing too, is like, um, I've been playing music for so many years that was written by other people, mm-hmm. which is fun. It's great in its own right. But mm-hmm. when you create something on your own, it has a different energy. Mm-hmm. It just ha- it just does. Especially when it gets, re- when it, when it gets, re- re- when it's, when received. it's received. Yeah. So well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, diff- it's unlike, so then, the last thing we did is a, a medley cover mashup of Where the Streets Have No Name into Hysteria. And we'll go through that. And there's a infamous, now infamous bit. <laughs> that one's also a little fast, too. But I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hold my tongue. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so stoked on that background.
dude, when you hit that low note. Dude, it sounds good. God. I like that transition was money. Honestly, this tempo feels good though too. Yeah, I feel like all. Of, yeah. I feel no, like they're all good. Yeah, I think our rendition of this at the Art Center last weekend was amazing. Okay, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
High school quarterback, like on huddle.com. <laughs> All I could hear you is like, yeah, yeah, because I was literally flabbergasted. I was like, this is it. We, I, you know, I sunk the ship. The nail is in the coffin. It's done. And Tyler, and I literally lipped some profanities to Tyler. And then he looks at me and he goes, chorus. And I'm like, okay, I gotta know tonight. And then I saw him misstep when we went into the actual chorus. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I, I have no clue. And then we went into the solo and I was like, yes! I don't know if that's chronologically correct, but literally I entered, I, I entered a wormhole in that performance. You know, I saw my I saw my death. I didn't hear I didn't hear any of the chorus. All I heard was straight to the All I heard Dude. was bam 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 and then I went, Whoa. Hey, you know what? Hey, my I, my I, brain yeah. said well, that's not the right part of the song. Nope. But hey, say what you will about a bar band, though. But Ray thinks on his damn feet, dude, yeah. because you and I talked, yeah. and he's not looking. Yeah. Because the thing is, and that's no fault to Ray. We got lucky that we looked at each other. Yeah. Because on stage, communication is nil. It has to be all preparation, dude. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And freaking, we went ga 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 ga, and Ray. <laughs> mutes and turns around and is like trying to get data <laughs> yeah. trying to get data dude and then, <laughs> computing, <laughs> computing computing all i heard was bah, 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 and i was like and i was like wait that just happened and i was like wait a second that's too early yeah yeah, yeah. and then i was like oh well, i'm just gonna follow them raise raise computer yeah. error error yeah, dude, exactly. error yeah rerouting yeah. yeah mind you dude i was like a great white shark when i was doing that last song my eyes had rolled back in my head <laughs> You know what I mean? Dude, I just like, I, I was just letting me eat, dude. Every, dude. I was just eating on that song. Ever dude. since I've yeah. played live music, I've always played by feel. I have never been like yep. technical at all. Yeah. So I've relied yeah. 100% on feel. And no hate on technical guys at all, but feel is irreplaceable. And when you hear old jazz musicians, old blues musicians say stuff like, you got it or you don't. And right. some people got it and some people don't. Now feel to my to my ear has always been like seasoning. It's like basically like if you're a vet of having played a lot of shows, you get feel. Like rarely will you get like a six year old kid that has feel. You know what I mean? But when mm-hmm. you do, that's something special. Now there's a lot of forty year old, fifty year old dudes that have been doing it for a long time that have no feel. Yeah. 
you know. Anyway, that's just a commentary. That's not that's not a thesis. Right. Yeah. But but dude, that's so holy funny. Hell, that You're funny. like I went in a, I was in a wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> dude. I don't know what oh, dude, but gosh. when you hit that solo, literally the ecstasy, dude, was like, "We're gonna make it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're pulling through, dude. <laughs> Yay! And Kurt was, and I went, yeah, and the whole crowd went, woo! And it was like cloud nine, dude. Honestly, and Ray just started just bouncing that freaking whatever, like swinging 50 that battle pound axe. maple neck, dude. Just that like battle cool, axe. Cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. Ray's like, um, oh shit, who is it? Who's who's the superhero that has like a staff that like makes like sound? You know what I mean? Like, no. I don't know. Maybe it's an anime or something. I don't remember. The Airbender, but it's no. just like when a big old staff just like smacks the ground flat and it's like just yeah, Urgh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Just like freaking. He's basically Gandalf running around swinging it around. <laughs> freaking, <laughs> freaking almost three hundred pound dude throwing this bass around. It's the and it looks like a normal guitar on him. <laughs> Tyler was his, guitars on him. Tyler was like on first act. Mind you, Tyler if, jumped on the on the riser because he didn't want to get knocked out. Oh, I was gonna so say, mind like, you, if he I was like, ah! if I if I ever stood in front of that, you swinging that friggin' bass around, oh. I just just Ooh, friggin' okay. done. Okay, we, yeah, we're not, we're not. It's he's he he's, took out the guitars. He yeah. took out early checkout. That's about just, yard sale. <laughs> you just see me just just friggin' down on the stage, just, just out cold, knocked, just knocked. Mm. Yeah, Tyler's left the building. I'm going like this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, it's going to be like that chick from that grape stomping video. I got nailed by my bass player one time when I was playing guitar on stage. Uh, we were playing some youth rock show. Okay. And the bass player freaking oh. was swinging his bass around. Dude, he nailed me in the back of the head. Oh, did it cut you? Yeah. This is side one, and then he flipped it over and just—he didn't knock me. He didn't knock me out, but he like damn. came pretty dang close to it. And I just remember, I didn't know what happened. I got hit, and I was like, damn. "What the heck?" And oh, I, it was just my bass player going crazy. Like he was all over the stage. I we finished the song, but I was like, "Dude, I'm like bleeding from my head." I'm oh, like, "What the damn. heck?" He hit me with a headstock, full on, oh like full speed. God. Luckily, it was the last song, and we were playing for church, mind you, and it was Dang. some skillet song, some skillet, <laughs> like some was, heavy rock it was, song. It was pillar for the love of yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was some <laughs> Christian rock, but it was for a youth service, so like they love that rock stuff, so that's oh, what we course. used to play. Cool. Anyways, it was one of those, and he was obviously into the song. Yeah. Mind you, I was in the front trying to play rhythm, mm-hmm. and I was like moving a little bit. But this dude like swings his axe and freaking Dang. nails me. Boom! <laughs> yeah, dude. Good oh Lord. man. Yeah. That's so bad. The worst part is you couldn't even brace for it. Yo, I I was like, he click. caught me like I should have been knocked out, but luckily I have a thick skull. Mm-hmm. But dude, I had the worst headache after that. I was just like, oh dude, like literally hit oh, me. Someone damn, hit me man. in the dome with a. With basically a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I was on a uh, I was on a school bus on the way home from a uh, trip to Six Flags one time on a field trip, and I went to throw a uh, empty Snapple bottle at a friend, and my aim was so bad it literally just dinked off this little girl's head like full speed, <laughs> and she's laying there asleep. <laughs> and you heard them glass ping. Uh, she should have died, but she didn't. Ping. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> It was just like a like a thud, just like click, and I was just like, <gasps> dude. Anyway, we yeah, dude. Okay, we need to pause probably.
No, he's just gonna take a leak. Um, Frick, that dude. last song. Uh, for all the listener, for for the listeners, what what we're what we're talking about is um, we had planned, we had kind of, we had kind of tweaked the songs a bit, and uh, in hysteria, we did that three chord break that you heard, but we were only supposed to do it one time at the end of the song, but it, it happened prematurely about midway through, which actually worked out because it kind of broke the song up into a nice couple pieces, and so that's what that uh, and we had to kind of re we had to re uh reroute in real time <laughs> as kurt said rerouting oh <clears throat> yeah that was uh that was fun that was fun you know and 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 because we you know we got that there was a, there was some of that uh, we got some of that 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 flack because uh, we did cover we did co- we did cover a cover song I mean, technically, we did two covers, but we did it in a length of a song, a long song, kind of. Um, we put some creative muscle into those covers at, at the same time. I mean, that's a thing too. Uh, that we don't need to go into that, but I'm just saying, like, that's a thing too. Like, you know, that we—it's not like we just played the songs and we're like, all right, that's it, or, or good. It's like, no, let's make them our own a little bit, and because because we're doing original content, let's make the non-original songs in like our flavor and i feel like that takes it's like sturgill goes in and goes i'm sorry i'm just thinking of the right words to say mm-hmm. and someone goes what the hell sturgill you're just doing like a random cover like why i can't believe you put that on your app bro there's creative licenses being taken okay yeah that takes that part of that brain yeah anyway it's just yeah no it's it's the it's the creative part. Of, it's the creative part of the brain that that we were using with those songs too. It's like we we that took that took effort also, you know. Like, well, hey, let's 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 do let's change it up here, you know. Yes. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously those bands were those bands were salty because, like, I looked at the lineup. They had been doing this for like the last two years, and they got. Did you guys talk about this in the last podcast? No. Okay. So, I don't know. Did we already detail basically what the salt was? No, we don't. I'm not, no, we don't need to spill the whole tea, but basically this is the deal. I mean, it was a fantastic, which I mean, whoever's listening to this podcast, I assume a lot of you are going to be musicians, and that's why a lot of times I'll take little, you know, rest stops and just be like, oh, "Okay, hey, here's a little the more you know situation." Um I am not used to competing to other bands. This was like one of my first competitions ever. And also, I am used to, you know, we play in the church environment. We play in a bar band environment. We're kind of isolated a lot of the time. Uh, We're not in a place where musicians are like competitive or, you know, which which obviously there was a lot of, there was a lot of cheddar on the line here. It was five grand. Yeah. Um, Well, and competitively music wise, it's kind of, that's kind of like a, it's kind of a weird thing. It is weird, but basically it translated to a couple of different parts of life because Ray said something that was pretty interesting to me because honestly, we got on socials, you know, and it said very clearly in our guidelines and obviously it's like we don't need to go that far into it, but it said that you were allowed to do a cover and uh, no one took advantage of that and we took advantage of it, but a lot of people were basically just singing the song of, you know, you you know, uh, and I won't quote anyone directly, but basically we were a cover band 
which completely discredits the two songs that we that we did write. Which you know. is fine. We, you know, which is fine. Which is fine. You know, whatever. Um, but I was just kind of like, damn. Like I really thought people would have liked what we did because you know a lot of the times in a small town too is it's like if you're doing something cool and if you're looking for validation along among uh, you know validation from a lot of other people you might not get it you know but Ray said something pretty interesting to me which I was kind of like man my feelings were a little hurt and uh yeah get over it at the end of the day but Ray was like if you think everyone's gonna be happy for you that's not real life and I was just like like 808 drop I was just like damn straight up because that's what I was wanting Really, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, man, yeah, I was really expecting everyone to be happy there for me for a minute. Mm-hmm. That's not real life. Mm-mm. What are you doing? No. You know? I mean, at the end of the day, people lost, and no one likes to lose. Damn straight. You know? Damn straight. Damn skippy. Yeah. I'm sure if, if the tables were turned, <clears throat> we would have been disappointed, too, well, but we wouldn't have wasted our time uh, yeah, feeling I, sorry for ourselves or, like... Making excuses for yeah, we would have found a lost. hot tub and we would have talked about how badass our performance was and how cool it is that we have two new yeah, songs. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta pull the positives <laughs> from that. Yeah, if we're being honest, we would have been in a hot tub. We might have talked a little bit of smack. I know I would have, but <laughs> <laughs> we'd have, we'd light it's up a the com- stove. It's a competition. <laughs> there has to be a loser. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. When I'm winning, I'm not thinking about what the losers are. T- I don't care what the losers are doing because I won. But you know, mm-hmm. that's what losers do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the ones the ones that don't have good, that aren't good sports, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of the people that didn't win were cool as hell, and that really bolstered me. And that mm-hmm. was awesome because I was well, like, you know, there's there's a lot of cool ass people in the world, man. Well, one of the bands in particular, one of the guys took to he took to our defense and was or was actively defending us. Yeah. When we obviously we weren't gonna we're not gonna chime in on anything because that's just not mature. No, but there were people. There were people gained from it. Yeah, yeah, but there were people there that were like, uh, unbeknownst to us, and that was that was super cool because it's like, at the end of the day, that's why that's why music competitions are. That's what one the guy that I'm talking about was telling me. He was like, music competitions in itself are just kind of weird. It's just kind of like, yeah, because music is supposed to be a collaborative thing and it's supposed to bring people together. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, yeah. And so when you and you're pitting each other against each other, yeah. When you when you make a thing where it's a competition against one another, and then there's like in such a subjective field, right? And then and then there's like a big payoff at the end. It like makes people even more crazy. <laughs> You know what Mind I mean? Mind you, you have to look at the genre diversity too in what we were playing. There was not a single band that sounded like us there. And Every there, band, except there was two punk bands. Every right. band was highly unique. Right. In that there was like a weird, not weird. Okay, you have a punk band. You have like an alt rock band. There was a math rock band that couldn't make it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. There was like kind of a like an art rock kind of like metalish band. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like really wordy and like you know, had a lot of composition, you know. Their songs were long. Which Their that, songs were long, which but they also that, were super complex. And that took a lot of time and effort on their part. I mean, yes, to make all that. Yes, I mean, they props were to them. Hard. Props yeah, dude. to them for. I mean, because I remember they were telling, they're like, "Yes, yeah, some of our songs are like seven, eight minutes long." I'm just yeah. like more power to you, dude. That's all. I mean, that's yeah. cool. Then there was kind of like this groovy, like spooky. Like uh, like Scooby Doo and the Hex Sisters band, 
<laughs> oh my you know god! You're talking about you're taking me back. <laughs> <laughs> the Hex Sisters, Ruh, dude. Bro. Dude, I used to love that. La- dude, whole- they were bad. Oh my! I'm not. God. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go there. I'm but. not really sure what those what you're talking about, but I know who Scooby is. <laughs> it was the Scooby Doo movie, right? Wasn't yes. it the Scooby Doo movie? Yeah. Was that Zombie Island? I think so. But yeah. the Hex Sisters, dude. There's the one on keys, and the fog rolls out. Mm. Ooh. Man. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you and the meddling Ooh. dog. Oh, Scoob! The Hex Sisters are playing again, Scoob. I'm gonna have to go change my shorts, Scoob. <laughs> oh, pretty crazy. Rocky, uh, so yeah, there was like that weird kind of like Halloween. Like they had a little bit of a psycho Billy thing going to them, and then um, how many bands were there? That was it. Was it just this? that was five? There's five total. Yeah, there's five. Uh, anyway, so in that to say. Someone could be really damn good at their version of whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? And you're basically putting apples to oranges. And mm. someone just has to say, like, what tastes better? Yeah. Like, and it's hard. If but if everybody there that appreciated that style of music was there, yes. that, that, that there might have been a different if story. If there's a ton of hardcore fans there or yeah. if there's a ton of punk rockers there, yeah, we might not have won. Yeah, might, it could have gone the either is, way. There was just a full mix of people there and it came down to it was a, it was a competition on who could who could rock the room and who could entertain the crowd the best who could get the people going yeah i think of will ferrell when he's walking on the treadmill in blades of glory mm-hmm. nobody knows what it means but it gets the people going yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what we were doing yeah you know? yeah i mean at the end of the day i think we all feel this way is that uh we had a good time with all the other groups mm-hmm. and yeah and it some was a, people were super cool and it was a it was a, it was a positive experience and yes. and you know and we there there is a lot of talent out there true and and i i i appreciated i appreciated the opportunity just to be able to go and do that i'm thank you curtis for for even bringing it up like that yeah. hey let's do that thing i mean that wouldn't happen if you didn't be like pitch the idea so i mean that's yeah it made us better musicians. Yeah. Well, now we have THP. <laughs> what's crazy? <laughs> Whoa, dude. Well, what's crazy? If you... I didn't know. I thought we would have got the person been done. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's yeah. That's true. That, I, that's, that's where I saw it going. I saw it going yeah. like, hey, if we win, we're going to get the cash. But that's now sweet. we have friendships that'll last forever. <laughs> 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 Wait, he has. Con- you have a condition. What is this card? Is this part? Is this part of your act? Is this part of your act? Sorry, I just watched the movie today, so I had to do that. <laughs> All right, let's hit that real quick, and then we'll we'll sign it off here. Oh my lord. Okay, so now that's how. The, now that we got the battle of bands out of the way, the Joker. Uh-huh. Me and Ray saw that today. Kurt, you saw mm-hmm. it yesterday. Yes. Try not to spoil it. Okay, we'll so try, we'll try not to spoil. We'll it tackle this in compartments people. and kind of get through. So no, this is full spoiler alert. So okay. full spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Joker, freaking turn it the f- off right now. Yeah, don't listen to uh-huh. this. Yeah, bye. Hit bye. the start. Thank you. Hey, hit, hit the start. Hey, thank you guys for joining. Yeah. Thanks for you know letting us talk about. You know what your problem is? T H me. You never listen. You, I come in here and you never listen mm. <laughs> dude that was crazy okay all right so they don't care about people so like we'll, what we'll hit is we'll hit first impressions and then we'll dive into the meat and potatoes and we'll do closing remarks so first impressions we'll go one by one kurt you're first first impressions of that movie Ooh. right off the bat just out of the whole thing the whole okay thing. i will talk about joker right now and i don't mean to just completely just like you know 
negate your question, but also I looked up Joker reviews after I watched the movie and I was surprised by the fact that like six or seven of the thumbnails back to back of the movie reviews were basically different dudes with the same thumbnail of like a picture of their face. And it said Joker movie review in yellow text. And I was just like, but, but anyway, besides the point, my, my hot take on the Joker really well-made film really well-made film incredible acting from joaquin Mm. um highly polarizing highly controversial um for me watching the movie which i know this is just first impression so is that enough uh you can expand on it for probably like 30 more seconds okay real quick the scariest part for me was it was a deeply disturbing movie Mm -hmm. deeply disturbing and I had kind of a George Orwell moment. It was like a 1984 moment because I'm sitting there in the theater and some really shocking and horrifying, bad, like inhuman acts were happening in that movie. And there was a bunch of people in my movie theater that were like laughing at them uh, well, like it was funny. Save that. We'll come back to that. That's a good because okay. I feel like that's an experience. Also, lots of kids in an R rated <clears throat> movie at nine o'clock at night. Well, that's a whole nother. I time. don't get that. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Okay. Ray, first impressions. Um, yeah, I agree with Kurt. It was a beautifully filmed movie. Um, a lot of the shots that were chosen, the color schemes. Um, obviously, the premise of the movie is really dark. It's a really dark movie. But I also think uh, it sheds some light on what we're dealing with as a society today. Mm-hmm. It real issues with real people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like it wasn't like a... It wasn't like your traditional comic book movie where like where there's like a, a happy ending to everything. Right. Obviously, it's about an anti-hero, the Joker. So it's going to be it's basically an origin story, mm-hmm. a character study. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my takeaway was a great musical score. Obviously, I'm a musician, so I pay attention to stuff like that. Great music selection. Uh, it was a b- visually beautiful film and Joaquin Phoenix is a master of his craft. He's mm-hmm. just so good at he's so good at making you believe um, <clears throat> the pain and the misery that goes into every character that he portrays. You know, like especially this one. Mm-hmm. So that was my takeaway from it. I agree. I agree with both your points. My, my takeaway, I think, was <clears throat> I'll be honest. I was a bit. I don't know. The way I can explain this is just, I guess, let's just split my brain in half. One side of my brain was kind of, I was kind of irked that it wasn't more like traditional, like to the con, like to the comics or to, to the Batman movies. You know what? Nolan's really screwed me and I'll speak for myself and anyone can agree with me or disagree with me. Uh Nolan really screwed me because I have my, my vision of Batman, the Batman universe is like pretty much like Nolan was like the capstone. Other than that, this is an alternate universe. Right. And that's that. And that's the other side of my brain that I appreciate everything. And I like the film. Let me just put it that way. I, I, I like the film a lot and, and, and everything that went into that and the cinematography and the script and the acting obviously was phenomenal, but it was just one of those things where I had to, I had to kind of talk myself like, okay, stop critiquing it through the lens of like what you've already seen and, and the things that you're yeah. used to. Yeah. For me, it's like nineties, late, early nineties, mid nineties, Batman animated series. And then like the Nolan franchise, that's like my favorite, like Batman, like visions mm-hmm. put to life. And other than that, 
I had to remove those thoughts out of my head. And once I did that and I really appreciated it for what it was, it, first of all, slow burner was the first thought that came into my mind. So, that movie was a slow burner. Yeah. If you're looking for long, act, long you're... shots, long, 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 like panning shots, like on Joaquin Phoenix, like doing, I mean, and it was beautifully done because it really gave you a moment to kind of hang there and soak in the, 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 in the psych, the psychosis of the whole thing. And what he was going through. Other than that, yeah, cinematography was awesome. That was obviously one of the first things that jumped out to me. Um, I loved, there was a few shots. I'd have to watch it again to really bring out all the shots. But obviously the staircase, which seems to be like one of the main shots that everyone's talking about. And then there was the shot where he opens the door. I think it's after he, it's after he has put on the full makeup. And he's in like the door frame. And it's kind of like dark. I don't remember what part of the movie it was, but yeah, that's my takeaway. Now that we've done that, um, meat potatoes, like anything you want to expand on. So Kurt, you had talked about, there was obviously some, and this is a spoiler ridden review. So there were, there are some scenes that were disturbing in the film and you can go ahead expand on what you thought was disturbing and what you experienced in the theater because you had an interesting experience. So after we ran the ring one time, just hearing your guys' stuff, I think we can all agree. No one can watch this and say, that was a bad movie. Mm. It's not a bad movie. It's so well done. Is there stuff in it that's unsettling? Oh yeah. Is, is there some stuff in it that could be changed? Yes. Ultimately dude, it just is what it is and it's unabashed. Um, Per the whole Batman thing, I was also kind of being a lifelong Batman fan. I was like, uh, if you look at it as a Batman movie, it kind of lets down in a couple areas, you know, mm-hmm. and let down, mind you, if you go in with expectations to anything, you'll be let down. You know what I mean? Nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So don't be unrealistic. Just let it be what it is. Um, and this was just what it was. It was about the Joker. And the other thing, too, that was kind of interesting in that field is it really doesn't change perspective, does it? On like when is when is it anyone else on camera? You know what I mean? Oh no, yeah, it's like a it's, character study. It's basically him the whole time. Yeah, it's like Batman movies. It's like oh, these people will be alone, or you know, it's like just there's a section that's Harvey, you know, or whatever in Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. This is him the whole time, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is kind of weird because you get the isolation feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything was intentional, but um, yeah, Thomas Wayne was kind of portrayed in a little bit of a weird way, but it was an alternate universe, so you just kind of got to let it go. And then people say the age gap of like, oh, you know, Bruce would never, you know, grow up to fight this dude because he'd be old as hell. And like, uh, Bruce didn't, his parents weren't killed in a riot, and the guy wasn't wearing a clown mask, and blah, blah, blah. And Alfred wouldn't be like this, like, stockier, like, younger guy, like, you know, because Michael Caine was like old even when Bruce was a kid in the other movies. Right. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's, continuity stuff between different branches of it's just not. Yeah. The well, same universe. I think that is also kind of where I coming from, like the whole like other movies and shows have like screwed your. Right. Because they're the, the there's really good interpretations out there. Right. And people latch on to that. It's kind of like what's going on with like star Wars, which I think what's going on with star Wars as far as like all the new stuff, except for a handful of films uh-huh. is complete utter dog shit. Well, just even, even comic books, because I mean, now that we have this big body of Canon for people that, which I mean, we've, we've all read a couple of comics and I read a lot of graphic novels when I was a kid mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where <clears throat> imagine being someone that was just reading like the early Batman comics all the way through mm-hmm. and then saw detective you know, comics. 
well, yeah, all that stuff, you know, and they, they had seen all those, and then they saw Keaton's Batman. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what the heck? Yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah, like, they were like, what in the world? This town needs an enema? <laughs> you know? This town needs an enema. Yeah. <laughs> Prince? What's going on? Dude. That's yeah. like... You want to get nuts? Let's light them up. Let's get nuts. That's a great movie. I don't care. Body loves no, dude. I, I love the clock tower scene when, when he's fighting ah, in the clock ah, tower. Ah. It's so oh, freaking yeah. awesome. Dude, the 1989 Danny Batman's awesome. Danny well... Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Like any like what other things stood out to you? I really liked the Joker character. I just I liked this version of the Joker. Um cuz it is definitely its own thing. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. I w- and I went into it thinking, okay, I'm not this isn't going to be the Dark Knight, you know? Like I knew that it wasn't going to be like that. But right. those, those are like some of my favorite Batman movies, you know, that right. I'll always remember. Um but yeah, uh, I mean, there wasn't a lot of correlation with actually with those movies. It was just yeah. seriously a focused on the Joker character. But like, man, this guy went through a lot, and uh, it just show it slow shows his slow slowly how less and less of a of a of a normal person he was becoming. You know, he is already dealing with a lot of. Uh, stress in life just like not having a lot of money he had a, sh- a shitty job basically he's taking care of his mom you mm-hmm. know trying to make ends meet things just aren't panning out uh his mental health is slowly getting worse and worse uh and as, as it sits uh the city is itself is falling apart all around him and all the people are feeling the oppression uh as well like the city as a whole so it seems like arthur the the character that is the joker the arthur is not the only one that's dealing with his own inner battle you know but like the city as a whole is also doing that which the city's paralleling his demise also exactly they're both like corroding so basically um i feel like as the story goes on they're showing that there's like a parallel mm. story going on. It's not just Arthur's life falling apart, but the city of Gotham is falling apart too. Mm-hmm. It's corroding from the inside out. And uh, we see that. I can't he, believe he killed his mom. Yeah, beautifully I mean, done. I can. Yeah, he finds out. He Ultimately, he finds out things that <clears throat> was kept secret from him. Uh, and then that causes him to make some... Which, that crazy scene, That scene and, itself was was where he had the guy the the guy with the file mm-hmm. when he goes to the what was it the hot like at the psych ward or whatever it was Arkham yeah oh, it was Arkham. Arkham yeah it yeah. was the state hospital yeah the insane asylum yeah basically and, and he like grabs that folder mm-hmm. I can't give you this it's I uh, you know <laughs> he grabs it and he takes it and reads it mm-hmm. uh, he uh, Joaquin Phoenix he did a lot of running. <laughs> He ran yeah. a that lot. Was a very physical movie for him, actually. And he's like, and he, you could tell that that wasn't like his natural like run. Like no, it was like an over exaggerated stride. Well, what was crazy? Well, he was had he to because he had those giant lead. shoes. Oh yeah, that's why he was when doing he was that. Booking it after those kids with the clown shoes on, and they weren't walking away from him. I'm like, I've ran in clown shoes. No way. <laughs> no way, dude. No way he would have had the those. <laughs> 
those are like some inner those are some inner inner city kids in the 70s where like you had a can of tuna for every meal you know what i mean and those kids got jets you know it Mm -hmm. and this dude's running after him with clown shoes and he's a chain smoker and he weighs 120 pounds no way (laughs) chain smoker yeah he had a cigarette in his oh yeah yeah yeah, he he was smoking the whole movie dude um, which, which honestly, I, I like that aspect of character. I feel like it added to his character, just always kind of breathing smoke, you know? He's kind of self-destructive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really liked, I liked when he was on the talk show and he was just being real. Like, he was just like, yeah, I freaking did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he started like talking about, you always talk about this and that. And then he is like going off on Robert De Niro. I like that. I like that part of the movie. And he gets out there and kisses that old lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she goes, yeah. <laughs> he was finally being... You can't talk about yeah. that. He was finally being who he wanted to be. You know? That's mm-hmm. what I liked about that. I mean, I'm not cond- I'm not condoning any of his actions in the movie or saying, hey, this is no. a good... This is not a good thing to do. He's a, a, he's a psychotic person. And then for all, you know, all the people that are upset about it, did you all forget that the Joker is a psychotic killer? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the main. Oh, very. He's oh, a crazy psycho guy. He was, has yeah. problems. There was that a, doesn't mean that what he what he does in the movie or anything, I is condoned. Like no, heck no. I'm not. I'm not for any of that. Yes, yeah, as, as in the words of Chris Lee, the movie's about what it's about. It's yeah. not like. It, th- this isn't like it, the Joker is a, that's his freaking ca- hello yeah. he's been yeah uh, and that's the other thing too is it's definitely he's been a, killing people since Batman 1980s yeah what were you saying um you know when I watched the movie there was some guy sitting behind me the Batman shirt on he's like oh I thought he was gonna fight Batman at some point when I left and it was like <laughs> I was just like, I'm literally in a theater full of, I don't want to sound like an ass, you know, and be like, oh, everyone in my theater just didn't get it. They don't understand cinema. But I like literally watching the movie, there were moments in that movie, unfortunately, where there was some really rattling parts. And I was like, what kind of 1984 society am I in that people are laughing at this stuff? Oh yeah, t- you know what? What? What scenes were they? And then okay. like your whole theater was just. It's laughing. one thing when people laugh after he lies to the cops and then runs straight into a sliding glass door into the hospital. Well, th- that's comedy because that's physical comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then. But the things that they were laughing at, they laughed when he shot the kids on the train. They laughed at his run, running away from shooting the kids on the train. And the most shocking part was it was like uproarious laughter in my theater. <laughs> When the little person just watched as Arthur killed his co-worker, like murdered him in cold blood and is standing there terrified. And crying. And then goes to walk out of the door and can't reach the lock. And then everyone- They're like literally in uproarious laughter in that whole scene. And then the Joker goes, Ugh! like Adam and like spooks him. Yeah. And they're dying, dude, laughing. And I'm just like, That's we are, we've become Rome, dude. Like, literally, these people are so desensitized that they find that hilarious. And there's, like, 10-year-old kids in there laughing. Oh, my God. Complete opposite in our theater. Yeah, complete opposite. Our theater was like... <gasps> yeah, that there was, thing, like, gasps. That, that happened? That's what it should have been, dude. It shook me, dude. I was not expecting him well, to... I was in the theater with the type of people that take their kids on a freaking Friday night to a 10 p.m. movie. Rated R. R movie. People are so... Ignorant. No, but Homeboy oh was like over there. He's like, hey, we heard your mom died. We brought you some brew so you could like chill. Yeah. And then Arthur's like, oh yeah, thanks for that. And then he goes, right in the eye. What Stat- was gnarly is when he, he, then he, he was s- already punctured and he was smacking his melon on the wall. Yeah. 
It was bad. And he goes, oh. And dude, that dude was such a good actor. Arthur, why? Oh. I was just like, bro. Because what do you do in that situation? Dude, that made me sad, dude. Just being a normal person because that guy's not even equipped to deal with it. He's like, why would you do such a thing? Yeah, it's like, oh my god. Dude. And then he was like, he was like crying. That like, was like one of the rawest like horror moments I've seen this year. Dude. I know. And then like, I just felt an overwhelming sense. I was telling you'll never be the same. I was telling Ray. Yeah, yeah I was telling Ray about it. I was, I was like, dude, that scene was just so like unner- unnerving to me. Oh, it was so fucked up. Because it, it was like, it was like. Pardon my French. Yeah, we might have to cut that. No, it's fine. It's, I censor. Yeah. Okay. Um, something completely horrible happened. Well. To me, to me, what completely a, just inhuman. Well, this isn't a Batman movie, mind you. It's hardly even a Joker movie. This is a movie about someone that is has mental illness, and it's a commentary on that. But anyway, well, I, the thing that was so unnerving was it was it was like a touch on taboo humor. Like making fun of midgets is kind of like that's pretty fucked up. You know what I mean? It's not right. Yeah, I mean it's fun. It, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like trying to be PC about it, but at the same time, in the context of what it was, it was just like the unnerving part was just like the like he couldn't reach the door, and then and then he was like had to ask the guy who murdered his friend to open the door for him, be- and it's like a little person, and it's just like this is so jacked. <laughs> you know Whoever what I mean? Whoever wrote that, dude. Oh, it just was so unnerving to me. But I, that's the beauty of it, right? It's those are. I mean, as jacked up as it was, that's the beauty of the of, of a great movie is that it makes you. If it takes you to a spot like that, then it accomplished its goal, good or bad. Literally, that's the definition of what it was supposed to be: comic relief. Because the scene that had happened just prior to that was so just brutal. It was so brutal that they decided. Hey, we need to throw some comedy. We need to throw something funny in there to kind of lighten the load. But it wasn't of, funny. <laughs> but it just made it worse. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think they meant to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it was like one of those just disturbing things. Because like, in that moment, I felt like, okay, this little this guy's gonna he's next. He's done. Because there's no telling what's going on in Arthur's mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if he was playing with him. Like you know how a cat plays with its prey before it mm-hmm. before they kill it plays with a mouse yeah that's what i thought he was doing with him too he's like oh yeah I'll, I'll, don't worry i won't get you right and then i was thinking he was gonna get him that's why when he lunged at him i was yeah. like oh god it's over yeah you know oh so messed up dude but so then then he says uh then what does he say what's he say to the he, guy he's like i'm not gonna hurt you he goes he's like you were my only yeah. friend you were the only one that was nice oh you're only, yeah you're the only one you're that the, was nice yeah yeah. And then he kissed, and he him, kissed him on the forehead or something. Yeah. Right? yeah oh, he kissed God. him on the forehead. <gasps> yeah. He like, you were the only one that was nice to me. And this little midget guy walks out of there thinking, what the frick? Like, you know, he's not, he's not even weeks after that. He's still terrified. Like I'm talking about like, like he thinks he's going to come get him probably this whole time. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, just so not cool, dude. So not cool. But speaking of, we don't know what's going on in Arthur's head. So I have a tiny, teeny, tiny little theory. Um, obviously the chick that plays the love interest, not love interest in that movie ended up being like a, uh, figment like, of his imagination, a figment of his imagination. She's a projection, you know, an illusion. She wasn't in the comedy club. She wasn't here, there or anywhere. And, um, he pops up in her apartment in the end and that's when it's revealed. But I kind of have a theory, which it's a little ludicrous, and it might just be a little bit of sloppy writing, 
when the ambulance just totally nails the cop car that he's in in the end, which another beautiful thing was the callback to Ledger's Joker. Not only the fact that they used the same hair, which was which was a personal choice by Ledger to do the black hair with the green dye because no other Jokers had that. Um, that was a cool callback to Ledger, but the other thing was, which I love the aesthetic of this Joker too because it called back to so many different, I hate to keep saying called back, so many like comic book Jokers, mm-hmm. you know? So that was really cool. He had a cool classic and individual style. But the cop car scene where he's looking out the window yeah. and it so closely mirrors Ledger's in Dark Knight, I was just like... Dang, that's cool. Because you know, that's what, cool. Wasn't even the makeup kind of running out, like like yeah. fading on his face too. And then he even spread the blood out of his mouth after the car crash. Yeah, and that. I was like, "Yep, yeah, there you go." But anyway, he um, he's in that car, oh, and my. one of the rioters just nails it with an ambulance. Both of the cops die who have their seatbelts on, and this dude, which I don't know if you guys have seen the back of a cop car is like basically a lot of the times a hard like seat, like a public school seat. And you got cuffs behind your hands, and My, that dude survives and gets out and starts dancing, and the other dudes are straight up dead on arrival. Come on, dude! Mind you, that cop car was a steel Plymouth. It was like a freaking nineteen seventies Plymouth. Like and full everyone size. smacked their heads on the door sill, steel, dude. Steel car. You're done. And he's just like, you know, it's freaking flawless victory for the ambulance. But Joker hops out and starts doing a freaking river dance. Hell maybe, no. Maybe he was limber. That could, and he also got beat from a young age, but I don't know. But anyway, the dude gets out, does his thing, shakes the glass out of his hair, does a dance, uh, has some slight internal bleeding. This is my thing. He kills his mom, clears out the fridge, hops in just to cool down for a little bit. You can't unlock those fridges from the inside, which, mind you, I'm no refrigerator expert. I don't know, dude. But I remember, and I remember this, the physics were a little bit broke. People were complaining about Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull when he hops into that refrigerator and and people are like, how did he get that door open? Because blah, 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 you know? Anyway, besides the fact that he He survived survived a a nuclear explosion. And flying like seven football fields away. Because those fridges used to be lined with lead, that's why. Right, so. I, I get where they're coming from. Kids used to crawl into those things and couldn't get out. And they would die, right? Anyway. All that to say. I think that it's possible Joker climbed into the fridge. Arthur climbed into the fridge. And died. After killing his mom. And mind you, this is this is just a total theory. And it's probably not even true. But it's just a little food for thought. And after he dies... He goes into one of those little polar bear dreams where he goes to die from freezing to death. And all of a sudden, he gets a phone call and he gets out and it's Murray's assistant. And then, oh, they want him on the show. You know? And then he goes on the show and he does this, that, and the other thing. And then there's a whole city that joins in behind him and this, that, and the other thing. And then he, you know, gets out of a, he survives a car crash and all that stuff. He probably, well, not probably, but it's possible that he died in that fridge. That's an interesting. Excuse me. That's an interesting theory. Anyway, it's possible. I didn't think about that. But he's also basically written to be invincible. He has like crazy plot armor in that whole movie. Mm. I have a similar theory on Inception. I think I told you guys that one. It's it follows the same kind of mentality. Like midway through, everything else would be like the dream. Mm. We we'll talk about that at a different time. Um, yeah. So the Joker goes to get a PB and J and just kicks the bucket. He's like, oh, I forgot I left this yeah. in here. Oh shit! I closed the door behind me. I can't get out. Right. 
last meal is a shitty PB and J and a <laughs> nice little dream about taking yeah, over. All the food was on the floor outside. He just sat in there hungry. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at how Damn skinny man. he is. Dude, I don't know how much weight this boy lost, but I, I don't know how I was like either. viscerally, uh, I was like, I was unsettled by seeing when him. He's loosening that crown shoe, dude. That clown shoe. Oh Ooh. my god! And he does that like contorted thing. Yeah, yeah. Like where his shoulders it are looks up. Super. Ugh. Like it kind of reminds concave chest. What thing. It, he's like Captain America before he gets puffed up. It reminds me of the old Tool videos, like for Enema, like like some of the songs from that album. There's some Tool videos that are really dark, and they have like some skinny guy like that, all bony looking and crap. It's, ugh, it's just gross. I wonder what his diet was because remember the Dirt, the Motley Crue movie, uh, when the dude went to drop a bunch of weight to play Nikki Six, which mind mm-hmm. you, he didn't get that skinny, mm-hmm. but uh, the dude had pho broth every day. That's it. What? Yeah, pretty sure I'm. I might have. He might have oh, had something pho? else like as well. Pho? But I'm pretty sure he just had pho broth every day. Ooh. Yeah, I always said he was just a total douche for like weeks. If you can't eat carbs, but the, dude, the body but can survive off that is nuts, dude. I I remember I cut carbs, dude. I I had like patience, like no patience whatsoever. Yeah. When I was on keto, I was just like, Ugh, just I wanted to kill everybody. Yeah. And you're still allowed to eat fats, dude. Imagine if you're just yeah. eating freaking <laughs> swamp water. Well, carbs are the body's preferred energy source, but you know. Not everybody's a dietitian and wants to hear this shit, so I'm just going to cut that short. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah. da, 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 carbs da, da, da. only, guys. Eat your carbs. Be happy. Uh-huh, yeah. Treat people with respect. And don't lock yourself in a fucking refrigerator. <laughs> How good was the acting when he was in the bathroom with Thomas Wayne? Oh, yeah. Joaquin, you're a beast, dude. He's you're great. Beast. I, uh... And when he's, was he acting on Jimmy Kimmel? Well, maybe we never know. I don't know. He's yeah. a he's an interesting character. Yeah, that's true. He did good though. Yeah, it was it was great. Great film. All right, well, until next time, people, we will see you on the podcast. I'll see you later. Have a cup. Bye. <laughs> Have a cup of later. Later.